Welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. I am your host, Stacia. And I'm your host, Lizzie. And these are conversations on wellness weirdness. Today, guys, we are going to be talking about aging and how we feel about aging, how it is portrayed in the media, how our thoughts around aging have changed, and just some discussion on really how it's all ingrained in our minds and in general media. Stacia and I are so excited to talk about it. We have so many thoughts. I am really excited to talk about this, especially, I don't know, I feel like especially as women, as we enter into our 30s, there's kind of this big shift that happens that no one, nobody really talks about where you like start to become more aware of who you are and what you want versus like what society wants for you. So it's been really interesting to just explore my own thoughts and beliefs around what aging means to me in a society that like condemns women for aging. <laughs> I know I was just giggling to myself of when you were like, yeah, we really get to like figure out what we want. And I'm like, and that is the time society's like, and bye. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. As long as we don't serve the patriarchy. It's like, you are useless. (laughs) Get out of here. Go into a hole. Um, It's like in the Handmaid's Tale, how they send all the old ladies off to like work camps. It's not funny, but it is kind of like that. Real quick, before we dive in, Stacia and I wanted to do a quick corrections corner on our episode on ableism. So I've been doing some Just reading and reflecting, we introduced the theme of people first language. And while that is something really important, we want you guys to have at the top of your mind, just a reminder that everything has nuance and everybody's preferences are different. Not every single person prefers people first language. So as a reminder, people first language is rather than saying my brother is autistic. People first language would be saying my brother has autism. So you lead with the diagnosis rather than being like, This person as a whole is their diagnosis, but some people take a lot of pride in claiming their diagnosis and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So this is just a reminder to be a normal fucking human and ask people how they would prefer for you to introduce them or talk about their disability, much like you ask for gender pronouns. I love that. And I really appreciate you taking the time to address that because as we all know, we are all learning and as we get presented with new information, it's okay to course correct and to talk about it and be like, hey, I want to elaborate. There's more that can be said here and to create space for that. So I'm just grateful that you decided to bring that up, Lizzie, because I do think that that's important. Yeah, it just wasn't sitting right with me how I had explained it and I wanted to make sure that I shared that with you guys. And so these You know, we might not always have a corrections corner, but Stacia and I were chatting before we recorded of just making sure that if we want to adjust or add anything or if we say anything incorrectly, which also please let us know if we said anything incorrectly, we want to come on here and make sure that we're owning up to our own learning and our own mistakes because that's how we all get better together. Oh, yes. Uh, I love you, Lizzie. And I I'm love so you happy too, to be Stacia. doing this with oh, you. And <laughs> it's all part of to tie it back. It's all part of aging. <laughs> I was really proud of that. Uh, <laughs> that. That is amazing. So, Stacia, let's discuss how did we like decide to talk about aging? How did this come about? Because I think it's like something that we as a culture just don't really talk about that often. I mean, how did this come about between you and I to yeah. speak about this? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know, Lizzie. How did it come about? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> 
I'm getting too old for I this. Know, too my old. my, my memory's my gone. <laughs> uh, my recollection is we were talking about like diet culture and all of those things and how society expects women to fit into a certain box. And then the aging discussion came up and we were like, that's a whole nother episode. And then we were like, no, really. That should it is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so important. Well, because again, yeah, I, now I remember. So like with bikini body culture, this idea that a woman's worth is in her beauty and therefore as you age, you become less beautiful according to society. But I did think it's really interesting that I found this quote and it was on an account that I love, but it's a quote by Carrie Fisher and it's on at beauty underscore redefined, which is like one of my favorite Instagram accounts ever. Mm -hmm. So I'll link it in the show notes. But she was quoted to say, men don't age better than women. They're just allowed to age. And I was like, mic drop. Like, whoa. (laughs) Like, that blew my mind in the idea of in a society that women just like, it's not acceptable to age or it's not attractive or it's not. But then you see like George Clooney and all these silver foxes. But God forbid, like, I've seen some foxy ass older woman with gray hair. And it's like, it exists. And so I just think it is, there's so much to unpack here. Totally. We do kind. (laughs) of that's such a good point like Dan has salt and pepper hair and it's such a thing that we like fetishize or like ooh salt and pepper hair or like silver fox but then for women it's like oh my god I found my first gray hair and like we need to get you don't really often hear people being like yeah that lady's got silver hair and like (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty funny not that guys also don't panic when they find their first gray hair but I think that we make it like ooh this is so sexy you're getting older and for women we're like get it burn it all down (laughs) so lizzie i would love to know what for you is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about aging yeah so i was trying to think about this like or actually i should say i was trying not to think about this i was like what's the first thing that jumps into your mind (laughs) and the first thing i thought about was they were all really physical like um i thought about like wrinkles and gray Mm -hmm. hair and not being able to like do things, you know? And I, I I definitely thought about it from like the societal perspective of like aging, bad, youth, good. <laughs> and it being sort of like, yeah, this really negative experience that we all go through, which is really interesting because now that I'm in my 30s, I feel like I'm more excited to get older every day. Like every day I learn things and I'm like, this is so cool. Like, man, my 20s, like I didn't even know shit back then. Like, but it's funny, like having that perspective myself and I still view aging in like the societal way. Like that's what comes to mind first and then I correct myself. But what about you, Stacia? I could not agree more this entire time. I'm just like grinning ear to ear, like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. Because that definitely is an experience that I've had because I know for me personally, especially in my 20s, my 20s were like ripe with me just doing what I thought I was supposed to do based on what general culture told me to do. So like... It's interesting to look back on it in hindsight and be like, what the, what station? Like, what are you doing? And I have internalized a lot of the negative beliefs about aging and I'm still learning to undo that learning because I still will look at a photo where I see a wrinkle on my forehead and be like, oh my God. And like, definitely in my twenties, I I will admit I've gotten Botox twice in my life. Oh my God, I didn't uh, know that. 
that. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for like sharing. I'm so impressed that you like are sharing this and being so honest. I'm just, oh, I just love you. I mean, I would, I refuse to be anything but fully transparent. And I think it's important to talk about. And I, it's been, I got it done once when I was in Vegas and once I think like a year and a half, two years ago. So it's like, I feel like for sure I can attest to the fact that I continue to struggle with the belief that I need to always be youthful in order to be valuable. And it's crazy to think apps like Facetune and things like that, where you can blend out your wrinkles so that you have like a smooth complexion and a smooth appearance. And that it still is something that when I see my wrinkles showing up a little bit more than like on days more than others, where I'm like, should I make that appointment again? And mind you, this shit is expensive. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it costs a couple hundred dollars to do. And it only lasts, I guess, like three months or so. And so like, it's just crazy to think of how much the anti-aging industry profits from mm -hmm. a society that says that aging is bad. So I've definitely spent more money than I would care to admit on products and procedures and things. I mean, not procedures. I would say Botox. Products. I was like, that's like the only. I, yeah, that sounded a little intense. Botox is um, a procedure though. You're right. You're totally right. So I definitely like I'm still undoing a lot of it, but I agree with you that aging for me now I think is such a blessing and I love getting older and learning more and learning more about myself and I saw this quote where it was look at aging as a quest not as a crisis and I was like mm. snaps fingers um, I really appreciated that insight of not seeing it as aging as a crisis because I feel like that's what society tells you like panic you're getting older <laughs> like jump ship <laughs> this <Yeah>. is bad <laughs> Totally. I know. And like, also guys, if you are getting any sort of procedures or Botox, you know, whatever, and you like really want to do that, go for it. That's your prerogative. I just, as Stacia and I always say like gut check the deep reasons why you're doing things, you know? I saw a picture of Julia Roberts the other day on- Me too. I saw it too. <laughs> yeah. I saw a picture of Julia Roberts on TikTok from, it was like a behind the scenes photo of Pretty Woman. And I was like, oh my God, she looks like a baby, first of all, because she was so young. And I was like, wow, she looks like so, like almost better. Like not almost, she 100% looks hotter now. And you know, she's a celebrity I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff happening behind the scenes but I was like this is one person who has aged so well and I feel like she just Julia Roberts guys is a fine fucking wine she gets better with age and it was just a <laughs> reminder that like that is very common and totally doable and like personally I like how I look better every every year I get older and I get more comfortable with my body and I feel like we don't talk about that enough. No, I think that that is such a good point. Just the whole, we don't talk about it enough because as we were preparing for this and I'm reading your questions and things about like menopause and I'm like, honestly, my understanding of menopause is that you stop having your period and you have hot flashes. That is literally the only yeah. thing I know about it. And I'm like, it's not something that's discussed. And so like, as we age as women, we aren't hearing any stories or any messaging about what is going to happen and what it should look like and what it should feel like and how it can yeah. be experienced. And so like, I'm really grateful that we are having this conversation because I think that it's a conversation that's not being had enough. Totally. Okay. I 
want to talk about the menopause thing because in the last two years I have learned so much about menopause. Yeah, you're like an expert. I love it. I, I want to know all about her. it. <laughs> I feel like I know more than the average like 30 something woman. But as I've mentioned before, I, you know, do marketing and social media consulting as a pretty large function of my job. And so for the last year and a half or so, um, this project ended a month or so ago, I was working, I was doing marketing and branding and social media for a personal lubricant company. And it was the lubricant company was started by a woman after she went through menopause. And the symptom of menopause for some bodies is that you aren't able to produce lubricant anymore or as much. And so she was the CEO of this company was like shopping around and all of the lube she found was like drugstore stuff, which a lot of the lube I've learned so much about like ingredients of (laughs) lube guys and like the stuff you get at the drugstore you do not want in your vagina or like on your dick or whatever like you do not want it on your body and so she was just like there has to be something better created all of these products and things designed for women going through menopause but then of course like just everybody discovered it and so all of these different people were using her products but she would talk to me and different people who were part of the company would talk to me about menopause and the general consensus and these were all older women you know in their 60s but they were like, no one tells you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so you go through menopause and no one's telling you like what to expect. And something that I thought was really interesting is like she was like, OK, well, what lube do you recommend? And the doctor was like, no one ever asks about that because people often are like, oh, I guess I'm just done having sex. Or people are uncomfortable saying like, I would like to have comfortable sex. And so they don't talk about it. And so it's, we got into this whole deeper discussion about how we would assume after a certain age with women, they like age out of being sexually active, which is mm-hmm. so cuckoo. But we, she talked a lot about, and I, I just learned so much from this project that I was on about just like menopause and questions to ask. Like guys, Ask your like mom or your aunts or your grandma like about if they're open to talking about it, about menopause, because it's also going to be a really good sign for you, like what menopause will be like for you. And you have the right to know that information. But the general consensus I was getting from these older women was that their moms refused to talk to them about it because they mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is taboo. This is really inappropriate. Or people would remember maybe a mom or an older relative going through menopause and being, you know, really, they were like physically uncomfortable or changing a lot and and everybody refusing to acknowledge it or just being like, well, nothing's happening here. And I think that's really common and that's so wild. Like it's such a, it's like your period. We're all going to go through it you know at some point it's a really big change for all of us and it deserves to be discussed and it shows up in everybody really differently so like not everybody gets hot flashes not everybody you know does end up totally drying up and like your personality can change because your hormones change it's just a really fascinating thing that I think we just like often ignore until it's right upon you I could not agree more like I thought back to my experience and I'm like when my mom must have gone through menopause I don't really know when it was because she never talked about it I just imagine I don't want to say suffering in silence but this idea that like it's not something that gets talked about so if you're experiencing certain symptoms, side effects, things that there's like not a community or a conversation being had around it. And so like, I would imagine it would be kind of scary to go through this like huge life change and not know anything about it and not have any stories being told about it. And so I really, 
I think that that's really awesome that you were able to experience and learn so much about it already. Because like I said, I was like, I'm going into this with zero knowledge. And yeah, I'm like, totally. Ugh. And I, I do not consider myself, guys, like a menopause expert. I just had, because of this job, was forced to learn a lot about it. But then it was really interesting. I, you know, obviously I can't ask my mom about menopause. But I asked her sister about it and we talked about it at length, just like my mom has two sisters. And so we talked about like how, you know, kind of all of them went through menopause and my grandma and it was such helpful, like sort of my medical history information to know like what I can expect and how they all experienced it. And like, you know, my aunt was like, this is how I remember your mom going through it. And that was information I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I know this because otherwise you know, whenever I do go through menopause, I would just be like, ah, what's happening to my body? (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And I think everything that a woman's body goes through as she ages is so rarely discussed and it's often stigmatized and seen as shameful. So like you even mentioned before, like starting your period or things like that, like all these things that happen to women and we're just like, oh, nope, don't talk about it. Just don't even bring it up. It's either too gross or too weird. And it's funny because I remember, again, we grew up on fashion, which I would consider like a bit more hippie and one love, you know, but it was interesting because I had two friends that had these ritualistic celebrations oh, that's so cool. when they started their periods. But I remember being like, you are so weird. Yes, yeah, like, totally, totally. <laughs> in hindsight, I'm like, that's so cool. Like how beautiful these things should be embraced and yeah. celebrated and talked about. And we should see them as acceptable parts of existing because guess what? Our bodies go through a lot and it doesn't always look the same for everybody. And so like understanding that not only are we all different, but we all are going through changes and things that shouldn't be done alone. Yeah. Or in like the shadows, I distinctly remember I started my period like one morning before school, which, you know, then mm-hmm. you're panicking because you have to go to school <laughs> and you're like, fuck. And I remember being like, mom, don't tell dad, like as if it was like this terrible thing that he couldn't. And my mom was like, um, yeah, like, first of all, it doesn't matter if he finds out this is very normal, but like, of course I'm going to tell him. And I was like, no, he can't find out. And she was like, do you think your dad's just going to think you never got your period? Like, no, this is like, we're normalizing this. This is a normal part of life, but just being so like, oh my God, no one can know. And remember how we would like put tampons up our sleeves and like, you wouldn't let anybody see you had a tampon or if a tampon like fell out of your bag, it was like the end of the world, which like end of the world. What the (laughs) fuck? That's so weird. But also men, I would like to say, I feel like it still is a thing where like if you sent your husband, boyfriend, whatever to the store getting tampons or pads, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so weird and gross and uncomfortable. Like, why would you have me do this? And it's like, oh my God, our bodies bleed every month. Okay. Can you, <laughs> this, this isn't weird. This yeah. is just what our bodies do. So can you please just buy the products that support me being able to go through this, like, it's not weird. It's not weird. We're all going through it. Also, sidebar, I love that, like, the tampon industry and all of that is, like, I mean, it's 2020 and it's just now, I mean, not just now, but in the last couple years being really revolutionized with, like, companies like Lola and all these other companies that are, like, yo, tampons are disgusting. Let's, like, make them a little bit nicer. (laughs) I think that's so 
important. And just, I do think our generation is getting more comfortable talking about sexual wellness and sexual health. I definitely don't think it's perfect, but that's also a huge part of aging that people don't talk about. So yeah. And I really want to hopefully maybe I think next episode we can talk about sexual wellness because I think that that ties in really nicely with this. And I think that that's an important conversation that we don't get to have much either (laughs) where they're like, ooh, sex, bad, don't talk about it. Yeah, sex, bad, (laughs) don't talk about it, but also look sexy all the time and look like you're ready for sex. So, Stacia, this is one of your questions that I'm going to spin back to you, but in our youth-obsessed culture, how do you accept the natural changes in your aging process and not give in to cultural attitudes that devalue us as we age? So how do you, you know deal with your own kind of internalized thoughts around aging and ageism? So for me, as I reflect on kind of where I'm at on my own journey of like self-discovery and self-love, self-actualization, whichever you want to call it, but all those things kind of combined into one, I think a lot about how I've just developed a stronger sense of self. And the more I feel connected to myself and my purpose and who I am, the more I'm able to like break the bonds of what culture tells me I need to do and be in order to be seen as acceptable and worthy. Because as long as I'm the one dictating my worth, I don't need to look outside of myself for somebody else to tell me whether I'm worthy or not. Snaps, snaps. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so for me, I just think the more you get to know yourself and how you bring value into the world outside of what society expects of you. So especially as women, like again, beauty, thinness, complacency, all these things like realizing, oh, actually, I don't feel my best when I'm conforming to those norms. I feel my best when I'm being true to myself. And like, that's been challenging because like when I say true to myself, it's been a hell of a journey to be like, well, who am I? Who is this self? So like the better understanding I have of a sense of self and who I am as an individual versus collectively what role I'm supposed to play in society, the more self-assured I am that I can be me and do me and I, I will bring value to my life as long as I'm staying in integrity with myself. And if someone else looks at me and is like, ew, I'm like, that's your problem. That ain't yeah. mine. Ew to you too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and again, it's not like perfect. Like I said, I still, to this day, I'm like, oh my gosh, should I get Botox again? How do I look at myself when I see myself in the mirror? And there still is so much that has been internalized about how I look and maintain maintaining my youth and like I still see it so tremendously with like my girlfriends who are my age and they're like oh my gosh I have no hope at love and I'm like wait hold up like you oh, are that's 30. such a thing <laughs> I know that's such a thing you oh no like I feel like I'm just beginning in my journey totally for finding are. love and I'm like I, again it's a difficult place to get to because I see it so often in women in their 30s that are not in serious relationships that like feel this sense of loss and society like is gonna be oh, spinster like what so I think that that's a really challenging part of it and so I feel really grateful that I feel I would say a majority of the time 
very confident in myself. And so I'm less likely to succumb to all this negative messaging that's like, nope, you should feel bad because you're single and you're 31. You must be like a man hater and all these different things. And I'm just like, actually, no, I'm just I'm learning about myself and learning about love and how that looks. And I just uh, if someone thinks that I'm less valuable because I'm aging again, like, thank you for disqualifying yourself from being in my life. I'm not too worried about it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I always feel like so I got married when I was 27, which now I mean, even though I'm only 30, I'm like, wow, we were babies. Um, But I do have a lot of friends who are like, they're single or in new relationships. And sometimes we'll be like, like you already are married and all of this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no. I married my college boyfriend, which I love him so much, but that is not the norm. Like we got married very young, which was perfect for us. And like, I love him and we are perfect together. I mean, perfect, you know, is an illusion, whatever. But (laughs) us getting married to like, like I met Dan when he was 19 and I was 20. Like we were babies and that is not the norm. But I do feel like in a society where like, oh, if you're not like married up by the time you're 30, like that's terrible. And I, you know, I have friends like you who are like dating and going out there and I'm like, get it. Cause that's like a part of life that I'm not sad that I'm missing because I love my husband, but it's like, you're getting to have experiences that I don't get to have. And I think that that's like amazing and awesome. And Mm -hmm. I think no one should feel bad about like having a timeline on their love because you deserve to find like an amazing love that's perfect for you versus being like, ah, I'm 30. Like, where's the closest person? Like, (laughs) and I just always feel like I really need to remind my friends who are single or newly dating, like Dan and I are not the norm. Like we are like the minority of people who got married super young and that is okay. And that's great for us, but that's not for everybody. So I totally get what you're saying. And I can't even imagine like what that must feel like having that pressure from society. It's absolutely ridiculous because if anything, I think the, again, that idea that you cannot find love after 30 prevents a lot of people from either A, waiting to find a truly meaningful relationship for them or B, settling in relationships when they're younger because they're afraid that like this is their last chance. And it's like, we need to stop telling people that because maybe that would help others wait for something that's going to be better as opposed to settling for something that's just good enough. And again, not that because you got married younger, you're settling, but it's just like this idea Oh, no, I, yeah, I you would. <laughs> it's interesting because for me, I was always like so love obsessed. So I'm really surprised that like I must have just been so clingy and needy that nobody wanted them. Everyone's like, eh, no, thank you, Stacia. Which, no, like, Stacia. No, but I'm so grateful for it because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I would have gotten married in my 20s, I would have picked somebody horrible. Right. <laughs> so yes. Like, thank you, Jesus. I am so grateful I am not married yet because any decision I would have made in my 20s would have been terrible. Okay, I do have to tell you, Dan and I talk about that all the time. We're like, wow, how the fuck did we pick each other? And like, like when we were in fucking college and like we have grown together in a really awesome way and we are both totally different right now than we were when we started dating. And we do, we do talk about that all the time. We're like, man, like we're not friends with a lot of people we were friends with in college. We, you know, like so much of us has changed and like, this is wild that like this has worked out. Cause sometimes I am like, and he too, we're like, we were fucking babies when we started dating. Like we were literally hiding from the cops at a party when I was like, P.S. I really like you. Like that is, (laughs) we were so young. 
Um, so it's just, yeah, it is funny. And I do feel that too of like, yeah, thank goodness I didn't make these huge life decisions when I was X age because I didn't know. But I do think even outside of relationships, like I remember in my 20s with career stuff, really feeling like I had Mm -hmm. to hit a certain amount of like markers and have all these accomplishments in my 20s or else somehow it wasn't valid. Yep. Like you hear of all of these people who are like Outdoor Voices, for example, the athletic brand was founded by a woman in her early 20s. And I remember being like, well, I'm a failure. Like, if I start something in my 30s, no one cares. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't start a major company in my 20s because it would be a disaster. But I just, I feel like we get that messaging a lot. And so it's like, if you're not, you know, you hear people who like hit the age to be able to run for office and then they have this amazing political campaign and you're like, okay, well, I'm 30. What am I doing? You know, I'm like sitting in my room on TikTok or whatever, but I I do think there's just a lot of societal pressure to like get married young, make all these accomplishments young. And then it's like, okay, but what about the rest of your life? (laughs) Yeah, I think that that is so important. I'm really glad you brought up like career and accomplishments because I do think that there is that pressure. And I do feel like nowadays there is a bit more messaging of like, you're never, it's never too late to start. You're never too old to begin something new. Like I picked up singing lessons at 30 years old. Yes, you did. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, Stacia, like as if you would ever do anything with it. And like, regardless of my aspirations for like singing or anything like that, there still is that internalized message of like, oh, you would never do anything with this because you're too old. Right. And so like, I think that that really is a something that can be to the detriment of us still being productive members of society because society's like, oh, you can't make anything meaningful now because you're too old for that shit. And you're like, wait, I actually have all this knowledge and I have all this experience. If anything, I should be able to produce something more valuable and worthwhile the older I get. Yeah. And you think about it as like, so my thinking around this has been evolving recently. And I'm like, man, I used to think like at 25 or whatever, I needed to just be like locked in. And then it's like, okay, so I'm just going to be locked into that thing for 50 years because I didn't want to change like something in my 20s. Because I remember I left my job at Amazon after quite a few years when I was 26 and did like this whole change into wellness and created Donuts and Down Dog and all these things now. And I remember people thinking like acting like I was crazy, like you're starting something completely new this late in the game. And now I'm like, oh my God, I was so young. And like, but I do think we get that messaging of like, well, Stacia, you went to school for this and you've already worked like a few years in this field. So you have to just stick with it, it, even if you hate it. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's not going to make you happy at all. And also like, yeah, you might have to start in like an entry level position or not be like as far along, but it is never too late to make these changes in yourself professionally, in relationships, spiritually, literally, like, I think we should all go into life with like this perspective of always being able to evolve. Yeah. And I think even just on that topic goes to show like the example you used of the woman who created the lubricant company who's in her 60s. And like she found a need much later in life to create something that is tremendously valuable and something that is like has probably given her a newfound sense of purpose and joy and like absolutely a, all these great things and so this idea that like nothing good happens after a certain age i think is it, we need to constantly remind ourselves that that's not true <laughs> yeah so 
on this point, this is another one of your like thoughts or questions that I just thought was so good. So let's discuss cross-generational relationships because I do think like this is really important too is having people who aren't just your parents, who are not your same age or your same generation that you're learning from. So let's dive into that a little bit. Stacia, take it away. Uh, yeah, exactly. I am... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take it away. There's so much to discuss here. And I just think something that I talk with my sister a lot about, and I mean, this is, again, this would probably be more something on like the ageist side of the discussion, but the idea of culturally, as you get old, you get put into a home or like shunned to the outskirts of society Whereas like in more, just more to the earth, like authentic ideas of like you have elders, like you have these people that are so wise and that you can learn so much from. Yet in our culture, we shun them and ignore their voices and don't listen to their stories. And I think it's really, I mean, it's a really unfortunate thing because uh, we all have value to bring to the world and we all have stories that should be shared to uh, help make the world a better place. And I just think for me personally, I think there are a lot of barriers to entry when it comes to cross generational relationships, because for me, I, I don't have very many. Right. And like, I've even whether it be younger or older, like when you say you coach crew, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like I don't have any much direct contact with Gen Z. (laughs) I have lots to spare. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But, and so this idea that I'm just like, I don't even know how to begin doing that. And that this, I think that it really is a challenge, but that there is so much importance and so much value to be had in even if it's not like friendships just having space where you can hear stories from people of all different ages and I don't know what that would look like and just so I'm like yeah I'm open for ideas because I'm like this is a department that I know I'm failing in but it's something that I do believe is really important and something I would love to see more of in my life. 100%. Yeah. I want to know what, what your thoughts are on. Yeah. I mean, I think I have, to your point, I coach rowing, which has been huge for my cross-generational relationships because I coach, I mean, I primarily coach teens, high school girls, but for a while I was coaching um, adults. And so I was able to meet all sorts of, you know, and when I say adults, like the adult team ranges from people who are fresh out of college to people like in their 80s who I have coached. And so it was really cool because you see all these people who are on the same team who are like, you would hear some people be like, you're the same age as my grandson, you know? And so, but they were all equally working. And I think having that relationship, like that situation, I was able to be like, oh my God, this guy is like, you know, in his eighties or this woman is like in her late seventies and is like out here working out. And that's amazing. So I was able to like, kind of, you know, make friends who are older than me that way. And then I've also kept in contact with a lot of the girls I've coached, you know, after they graduate from high school and are off in college and, you know, will like touch base or go get coffee. And it's fun to hear about like what they're doing. I also, you know, through rowing, like I coach with people who are all different ages. I've become, Dan and I have become really good friends with a woman who we coach with, you know, who's in her fifties. She's not old, but she always is like, you young kids. Like, <laughs> like we like to tease her for being like an old lady and she likes to tease us for being young. It's like goes both ways, but she has been 
such an important relationship for me because like I just learn a lot from her and I also think you know I don't have like I have my dad but I don't have necessarily like an older like mom who I can like be asking all of these questions for. I've learned a ton from my stepmom, which I want to get into in a second, but she's been a really helpful relationship for me just in like, she tells me a lot about like how things have evolved. I mean, just in the rowing world, but like in all of these different ways. And I, I, just like get a such a kick out of hanging out with her and like we'll have happy hour together and we'll go do things together and our dogs are friends and I I think it's so important like anytime I talk to her I'm like man it is really important to have friends who aren't your same age but I agree Stacia like if you don't have a specific like I have rowing it's it can be really really hard to find those people. I also have, because my mom passed away, a lot of her friends kind of absorbed me and like, you know, took care of me when I was younger and kept in touch with me, but now we're able to be kind of more friends. And so I'll go like visit them or chat with them. And again, that's not some, I probably wouldn't have just, if my mom was still around, gone and like hung out with her friends without her being there, you know, like that would be kind of like a strange, not strange, but like not as normal situation. And so I think because of that, I also have some cool cross-generational relationships and because I don't have my mom here to ask questions for I like actively seek out older women who I respect who I can like ask for guidance including my stepmom and all of these people but it's sort of like is that thing of it takes a village and how do you find your village so I love that and I'm so that like gives me hope that you've been able to find that because I'm like I I haven't found it yet and I want to find it and again I have really awesome conversations with my parents and my aunts and different people in my family but outside of my family and again those relationships within my family have become just more like adult discussions on things that are important in life versus like parenting or things like that so that has been cool but I definitely don't have enough of it in my life but I'm curious what you wanted to touch on with your stepmom what 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 you got to say about that oh yeah so, so my stepmom Pam, shout out Pam. I don't know if she listens to this, but she is in her mid 70s, which when I was younger, I definitely would have thought was like so old. So you know? old. And like had also seen, you know, in like older people in my family had seen that portrayed as being super old. Pam is like the hippest, coolest person I have ever met. She works out with a personal trainer. All the time she has, we went on vacation a couple of years ago and she was rocking a bikini and has a six pack, which is first of all, just like rude. Okay, Pam. (laughs) But she is just like so fun. We like shop from the same store, not in like a weird, like I'm trying to be young way, but like she just really has her pulse on culture. And she always is like, look, age is a number. Like I have friends who have just given up and they refuse to try new things. And her, you know, her and my dad are both widowed, which is like, a huge part of why they connected, but she was like, you know, I have friends who like their spouses have passed away and they just give up. And her husband, Bob passed away. And she was like, I have to go out and start doing things. Or I also, am just going to like become a blob of a human. So she started like going and working out with a personal trainer. She started doing all of these things and she is so full of energy. I've worked out with her before and she has like completely destroyed me. She's so full of energy and so full of life and her and my dad like go and do so many fun, cool things together. And she has been a huge inspiration for me of just like aging 
in a really cool, fun way. And she like rocks her white hair and gets like these sassy haircuts. And having her in my life really showed me like, wow, aging looks so fun and so cool. And she's always like, yeah, I mean, being retired is like being in your 20s, but you have like money to actually go do the things you want to do. So she's really inspiring to me. And I know a lot of my friends who have met her are like, uh, I want to be Pam when I grow up. So Okay, now I need to meet Pam. Yeah, you'll love her. She's so, and she loves to work out. She'll ask you so many questions about working out. But I do think like, yeah, it's that has been so helpful for me. She has really helped me reshape how I think about aging and getting older. And also I feel like I'm talking a lot today, but just to circle back on what you said about what you said about relationships, like her and my dad met when they were both in their sixties and they have since gotten married and they have this beautiful marriage and this amazing love life. And they go do all of these things together. And both of them are like, Obviously, I never wanted to get married in my 60s because I didn't like think my spouse was going to die. But how cool that you can still meet people and have this amazing love and all of these things that you just like don't even know is out there. So I just like to give them a little like boost when people are talking about, you know, relationships and how they're feeling because... If they can do it, you can do it too. I love that. I A, got chills and B, maybe want to shed a tear because that is just, that is really encouraging. And I think that that is so beautiful and something that needs to be talked about that you can find and have love later in life, regardless of what has brought you to be single later in life. There is always hope to reconnecting with another person and finding a fulfilling life like we all Yeah, like age is just like Pam said, age is just a number. It's a mindset, man. Yeah, it is a mindset. It is. And my dad, so my dad proposed to Pam when they were on vacation a couple of years ago. And, you know, they had been at a restaurant and then the waiter came back and my dad was like, we just got engaged. And the way they tell it, like everybody at the restaurant went like, over the top excited to see this like adorable older couple you know my dad they're not like old old but they're not in their 20s you know getting engaged and like everybody was just so excited and I just think it's like it's so cute and we should all be able to find love yeah and celebrate it at any age we should be able to celebrate anything at any age it's not like if it's a milestone for you who cares what time that it comes at it should be something that should be celebrated totally so Stacia I'd love to talk about how age is portrayed in the media and sort of like what you have seen Mm -hmm. and what you've learned from that yeah well I think obviously as somebody that just I think critically a lot about media and mass media and the messages that that we receive and things like that. And as I was preparing for this, it was really interesting, this idea, especially in media, that women don't deserve to be seen after about the age of 40 and that older men are 10 times more represented in media. So like this staggering difference between A, just like whether women are allowed to age or not and B, how older men are far more represented like in movies in these uh, different roles and that that stuff does make a difference for how we perceive what we should be seeing in our day-to-day life so if we're seeing older men constantly constantly and that that's okay that's okay but we're never shown older women we're like okay like older women literally just don't exist (laughs) like there's nothing there's nothing there they're all in a home together (laughs) like eating mush (laughs) after 40 like it's just we just send them to this island no and so I do think that it is really 
I mean, besides the fact that the anti-aging industry is like a multi-multi-billion dollar industry that I think is supposed to surpass like $330 billion by next year. Wow. And uh, so this idea that, and it's funny too, like I went to Sephora.com and if you type in anti-aging, I got like 1,300 items. Whoa. And the most expensive one was $480. So just like the amount of money that gets spent and the marketing that gets done and it's mostly directed at women because Mm -hmm. like we know now, like society likes to tell women that the only thing that brings them value is is their beauty and that youth is beautiful. I mean, Stacia, that that is all we're good for. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I want you to remain a child forever. And it's like, no, actually, it's just, it's really creepy. And I think that we should actually celebrate the fact that we can get older and still bring value. And I know for me, I feel my value grow every single freaking day. So I'm like, you guys can have your beliefs, but I'm going to choose to live in a different way way that shows the world that I'm more valuable than those things. And I just think, yeah, the the media and the way we're portrayed in mass media is that like aging for sure is a death sentence. And like by aging, I mean, like obviously we are all going to die and age is one of the things that will kill us. But (laughs) it's also this idea that aging 40 is literally midlife for many with the life expectancy growing and growing and things like this. We all have, there's so many different stages of life and so many different things to celebrate throughout those stages. And I just wish that there was more media portrayal of that. And like, honestly, I do think that we are getting better about seeing more representation across all everything. So like before it used to be, you would only see like one type of person portrayed in media. And we are becoming more inclusive and more diverse and seeing more representation, whether it be race, class, sex, etc. So like, I do have hope for a better future, but like, I still definitely think we're stuck in a lot of archaic beliefs about aging and that media does not do us many favors in allowing space for it to be like, aging is cool. It's okay, guys. I know. It really doesn't. I will say like, this is just the first example that came to mind, but I'm sure there's a lot of other really great ones like Glossier, the skin and beauty company, something that I mean, they're just so trendy right now anyway, but they use older women in their ads, which the first time I saw that, I was like, whoa, I haven't seen this before. And also, this is so cool. And they're like, beautiful, amazing women who also wear makeup. Like, why are we only showing these like teenage girls? It's so weird. It's very weird. And I do hope that there is, like I said, more of a shift because God knows we need it. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like... I remember realizing, and I can't even remember how I came about this, but like often when mom characters are really like in real life only a couple years older than the people playing Mm -hmm. their children, I was like, that's super weird. And also like I think about movies that we grew up with, like The Parent Trap, where the dad marries this like, I mean, she was like 23, right? Like she was so young and you just, the messaging, and I feel like it's just like an easy thing to fall into for like easy laughs in media, but like, oh, this woman's old and she's overweight and she's boring and frumpy and like, that's it. And so, yeah, I definitely don't think I saw as I was growing up like teenager early 20s examples of really good older women but then I started watching this is like such a random 
example, but like Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope is older. She gets married a little bit old. You know, she's not like super young when she gets married and she's got this badass career. And I think we slowly start to see people getting portrayed better. But to your point, Stacia, it's like such a slow process and there's not a lot of representation. I think people are now with social media, we're getting like better about it, but it's, it's crazy. I have started to try to look at aging as like a gift, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, but also like it was, so it was my father-in-law's birthday last week and we were talking and he was like, this is the, you know, I am now older than my dad was when he passed away. And he was like, and it's just making me really appreciate getting older. And I was like, God, that ain't that the truth. Like, you know, there are people who don't get to age because they passed away or they died. And it's why aren't we celebrating? Like, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still living. And I think that didn't really answer the media question. But I think that that's pretty cool. (laughs) I think that that is really cool. And I think just that this idea to hopefully have there be more positive portrayals of aging and being older and accomplishing things when you're older and finding love when you're older and that life is still beautiful and wonderful even as you are older. So there's just a lot, there's a lot to embrace in a society that wants to tell you not to embrace it. (laughs) Totally. Have you watched the show Grace and Frankie? I have not, but I've heard of it. Okay. So that show, yeah, it's that show amazing because it's these two older women who you know are just they're like both divorced and have grandchildren but they just are like up to all of this crazy shit and like you know getting drunk and going to parties and like doing all of the same shit that young women do and it's just such an entertaining watch and I also thought they portrayed aging gracefully and still like living your goddamn life really really well nice I love that Yeah. See, there's hope. (laughs) There is hope, guys. We are just like only at the beginning. Wherever you are, no matter how old you are listening to this, we're all just, we have so much ahead of us. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience, Lizzie? Wow, Stacia, that is a loaded question. Just like with everything that we talk about, notice if ageism shows up for you. Notice how you perceive your own aging and really just... Try to meet yourself where you're at and celebrate what you're going through versus fighting against it, which I know is much easier said than done. And it's okay to be processing that evolution, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm, Amen. I second that. That's all I have to say. (laughs) What do you have to say? Tell us everything. No, that's all I have to say. I'm just like (laughs) ditto to Lizzie. Quote her for me because that was perfect. And I I hear here. Stacia, you have kind of an exciting project launching soon. Do you want to tell us about it? Yes, of course. So I am going to be launching the Total Body Confidence Breakthrough Program, which is a highly interactive eight-week transformation opportunity where I teach you how to establish lifelong habits, build your inner and outer strength through some amazing at-home workouts, and eliminate all the mental and emotional barriers that are standing between where you are today and where you want to be. So you can go through life thriving with unyielding confidence. It is something that I have poured years and years of hard work and expertise into so that I've boiled it down into a simple to follow program. And I'm super excited to be offering this. And this is for you if you know that you want to find the lasting solution so you can ditch the diet and 
start living. And if you are ready to commit to living your best life where you nourish, move, care for, and accept the body you have now. So I am here to empower you to make more healthful, helpful decisions for your life through this program, as well as something that I'm really excited to offer with this program is going to be access to my monthly membership where I'll be hosting live workouts and live support where you can reach out to me with any questions you have as you go through the program. And a really cool part of it is that everybody else is going to be going through it at the same time as you. So it's a really community-based program where you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of other amazing women working towards the same thing as you. I will officially be launching come the beginning of August, but in the meantime, if you want to just get started or get a little taste of what working with me would be like, I have an awesome five-day mini course that you can partake in, and it's really simple. You're just given an activity for each day, and it is all seamlessly automated to deliver everything you need directly to your inbox, so it doesn't require much heavy lifting, but it's the opportunity to really start your own journey. So I will link both the opportunity to get on the wait list, so you'll be the first to know when we launch as well as exclusive discounts for you. But I will also include the link to sign yourself up for the mini course because within that, I go through one of the workouts that is actually hosted within the program as well as give you access to some body kindness affirmations as well as a few other tools that have been instrumental in transforming the lives of my clients that I want to give to you. So definitely check both those things out. And I am so excited to perhaps see you in the program when we launch. So I appreciate you letting me share this exciting bit about my business with you all. You know, I exist to serve and I want to show up and to be able to help empower as many women as I can. But if you want to know more information, definitely check out the info in the show notes, as well as follow along on Instagram at heystacia.elizabeth, where I will be talking all about it there as well. And I am so excited. Guys, Stacia is amazing. If you are like needing a more structured program. It's amazing. It changed my life. I I feel like I can't say enough amazing things about it. So highly recommend working with Stacia. And I would love to know your yay for the day, Stacia. Okay, so my yay for the day, and I shared this on my Instagram last week, but uh, I I am somebody that has struggled tremendously as I've gotten older with deciding, I don't, I don't know, I think it's even silly to say like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because I don't think it's so much a what as it is a who, but something Ooh. that uh, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have uh, been thinking a lot about as I've been doing a lot of reading and even... I would say when we read Hood Feminism, that like when we described the author as a cultural critic, and then I got these books by Bell Hooks recommended to me, and she's a proclaimed cultural critic. And I was like starting to think about it. And I studied cultural anthropology in college. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe my degree will be put to good use because uh, (laughs) something I find myself constantly doing is critiquing culture and what mainstream media says versus what might be most useful for society. And so just being, it's not so much about being critical as it is just like looking at it with a critical lens. Like what exactly is the messaging that we're receiving 
in culture and just how important culture is in what we create and the world that we live in. And so for me, I was like, you know what? Okay, I figured out what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) And that's a cultural critic. So beyond just like, obviously, I love coaching and doing what I'm doing there. And that's something that will always be a part of what I do. But just the idea that we can wear multiple hats, that I can be a coach, but I can also be a cultural critic. And just to kind of explore how that's going to look in my life, but just kind of, it was a fun realization to have something and be like, oh, that's kind of what I do already. So like now, how can I do it it a little bit more? And that then inspired me to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write an op-ed and I'm going to get that shit published. Hell yeah, you are. I'm going to find ways to put myself out there in meaningful ways. And so it just kind of snowballed all this exciting stuff for me. So that is definitely a very big yay for me. (laughs) I love that so much, Stacia. And I just like, I'm so excited to watch your journey and to read all of your books and your op-eds. And I think it's (laughs) such a good fit for you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And I would love to hear your yay for the day, Lizzie. Yeah. So I don't know why, but for the last couple years, I've been really obsessed with the idea of car camping. Like I just have thought it was really cool. And I didn't grow up camping because Stacia and I basically lived in the woods. So my parents were like, why would you want to go camping? (laughs) And so I just, I don't really, I'm not super comfortable camping. I don't really know anything about it. And so I asked my friend who is like a pro camper goes on like huge backpacking trips if she would take me car camping and teach me how to do it this weekend. So we're going to go on a little, actually, you're welcome to join Stacia if you want to come hang with us. (laughs) So yeah, I texted her last night and was like, can we go just for like one night somewhere and like you teach me how to do this because I really want to do it, but I'm scared to go by myself. And she was like, yeah, obviously, like I'll teach you all the things and we can have such a fun. And it's such a good, like socially distant way to hang out with people. So I'm just really excited and I want to try something new. I'm excited to be out of my house for a little bit because I've been cooped up in it for four months. Mm -hmm. And again, just even though I'm 30, I can still learn how to do something new. And I hope that like once I figure out how to car camp, that it's something that I do for many years to come. So I'll keep you guys updated next week. (laughs) I love that. And cheers to trying new things, like you said. That's so awesome. Yeah, but real talk, you're welcome to come with us if you want And to. real talk, after we finish recording this, I'm going to ask you for details. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, so thank amazing. You. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to, we got a really good review, Stacia, in our DMs. Oh, this is from Sarah. So Sarah, um, you D- she DM'd us because her um, podcast player didn't have a review feature. And so I also just wanted to share, if your guys... Well, however you listen to podcasts also doesn't let you review. You can always DM us at, hey, you got this pod. She gave us a five-star review, five-star emojis. Um, and it says, this podcast has filled my quarantine with so much joy and laughter. I want to be friends with Station Lizzie. P.S. Sarah, you're already our friend. Anybody who listens is our friend. This is the first podcast that captures throwback references to my childhood and talks about important wellness topics. The podcast is approachable, relatable, and I actually think about things that they've discussed after the podcast has finished. Hello, codependency. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. P.S. On the mini set where Stacia begins to reference Napoleon Hills, like Lizzie, I also believed she was going to reference Napoleon Dynamite and felt all of my childhood dreams coming true. Sorry to disappoint, guys. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Stacia. So, Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, when you hear this, shoot us a DM so we can send you some 
some goodies. And again, thank you all for your rating, reviewing, subscribing. If you leave us a review and we read it, which you have a really good chance of us reading it since we still are building up the reviews, um, we'll send you a little goodie bag. I love it. And it means so much to us to get these messages. Like literally my face hurts right now because just hearing that made me smile so hard. So like, thank you all for always being just so uplifting and such a wonderful community to be a part of. Yeah. And don't forget our July book read is Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. I'm looking at it right now. And also just a reminder, sometimes we get emails or DMs about things that we mentioned in the show and they are always in the show notes. So on whatever, you know, app you're listening on, there should be a place where you can click through and read details about that episode. So definitely make sure that you check that. We try to be really diligent about Stacia does call outs for different times where we mention important things. And then I link everything that we mentioned that we're able to find on the internet. So make sure that you check out our show notes for more information on the episode and also resources. Yes, I love that. That is perfect. Thank you again so much for all that you do and showing up in this world, being your beautiful selves. We are just so appreciative to be here and to remind you that, hey, you got this.